Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. host, Jack McLean, and today my guest is Jared Majda. He's the founder of Body Magic an online and face-to-face fitness business specializing in improving your body composition. Body Magic accelerated his online presence by starring on the Love Island TV show. He's an online coach and personal training business. He has recently been helping AFL players improve their body composition in the off-season. Highlights from this episode, we discuss the importance of knowing your strengths and developing them to stand out from the pack, practical tips for online trainers trying to develop a business, how to improve your marketing skills, and how being on the Live Island TV show helped his business. Before we start this episode, to connect with our guests, coaches, athletes, and fellow podcast listeners, make sure to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. It'd be great if you could like, share, and rate this episode, or even share it with a mate. The support goes a long way in helping us grow and reach more people. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Jared. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Thanks for having me. Can't wait. Let's get into it. Let's uh, dive into the beginning, mate. Uh, what age did you discover you had a passion for personal training? Yeah, so uh, well, I did my PT course when I was 18, 19. Um, so, and all the way through high school, I absolutely loved going to the gym and sort of playing sport and all that sort of thing. But I guess the whole sort of passion for the actual uh, the gym sort of started about year nine or 10. I actually had a really rough time all the way through school and sort of used, very much used the gym as sort of my sort of escape from the week. and. Um, sort of working out a really frustrating day at school, that sort of thing. And that's where I'd go. So I would be, there was a gym just down the road here. It was a Jets down the road. And I'd sort of, uh, I couldn't get a membership yet because I was only 15. You can't sign up for year 16. So I'd be waiting at the door, sort of, you know, trying to seagull in. And as soon as somebody sort of came on out, so I did that for, you know, a year. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the more that I was in the gym, the more I learned to love it. And I was sort of starting to see the results in my body. Um, I was playing sport better. I felt better. My confidence was, you know, way more than uh, before I started, which was sort of the big thing that was sort of lacking for me, I guess. Um, and then um, all of a sudden just got that great little growth spurt sort of through puberty, put on all this size, got a bit taller and then nobody fucked with me at school pretty much. So that was great. So that was, uh, so that was that's sort of how it all started. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And that, no doubt that resonates. I mean, same sort of journey for myself. Definitely it was a confidence boosting thing. So that the mental aspect and then you get hooked into the benefits of it, like you said as well, physically with improvement in athleticism and just exactly looking right. better, feeling better and, and all the other benefits. But yeah, appreciate your honesty, mate. It's, it's sometimes, uh, some people, you know, it's purely aesthetic, but really deep down, if we, if we look into it, the gym is also a, a good mental place for us to reset and, and, and feel good about ourselves for sure. Um, Definitely. You, so you started at a young age. Did, was that stirred on from a mate? to join jets or did you just uh, research well, my, my dad my dad is really fit so uh, he's always been to the gym he cycles he's always played sport and, like even as a kid like i'd be joining dad in for you know workout and you know do some squats with him and go for a run with him kick the footy with him so i think it was definitely uh sort of stem from sort of what what i've learned from my dad so um i would say he's the one that really saw spark that um sort of interest with it as well so yeah and then when did you start thinking about creating a business out of it? Well, I did my, I did my PT court, my cert threes and four um, when I was, yeah, 18, 19. 
and sort of as soon as I went and, and did that course, I went, this is what I want to do. I just absolutely loved it. You know, when you just, when you just know that, you know, that's the thing that you want to do. So um, sort of always thought I was pretty good at it. Uh, but the, the, the problem with it, obviously, as, as you know, as well with the fitness industry, it's such, a, it's so overly saturated. And so the first, if you can get through the first two years of you running your business, um, you know, particularly being a PT, then you'll be fine after. But it's that first two years, that's an absolute grind. And you're trying to sort of work out your training style. You're trying to work out your points of difference. You're trying to just sort of work out your style or that sort of thing. And that was really, really tough. Uh, and I found that really, really difficult until I started training. Um, it was, it's my cousins are now fiance. They get married next week. It was the Bucks party I was telling you. I was out on the weekend. It was his, uh, his sort of idea for it. He's got a big um, social media page here in Perth called Perth is Okay. And I uh, started training him and he was just giving me these little tips going, hey, like, why don't you try some of the social stuff? And I really, really wasn't, you know, about social media wasn't posting on Insta, wasn't posting on Facebook, TikTok, all that sort of thing. But he just gave me a few tips and pointed me in the, in the right direction as the little bits to start doing. Um, and as soon as I got into that, absolutely loved it. And it just sort of started to take off and, and, and got a lot more interest, and a lot more people sort of wanting to come and train. And, and I, I guess that's how it's, uh, you know, really excelled is from getting into the social game. So, yeah. Mm. Sorry, I've just had an audio. No, you're up. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so you mentioned your your friend there that had, had built an online presence. Uh, what was your first step? Was it so Instagram, Facebook, YouTube? Yeah, it was Insta. Yeah. yeah. So and and the the only goal was do one post a day. Didn't even matter what it was, just do one post a day. And to start off with, I look back. You, you have a flip back. You know, three four years ago of the stuff I was posting and the videos that I was creating, and you go what the fuck is I thinking doing this or why was I shouting at the camera or why, you know, there's all these things you just go, oh my gosh, you thought that was all right. But obviously if you do something every single day for a few years, you tend to get pretty good at it. So, you know, it's just sort of getting that little bit better every day with how to deliver your message, how to speak to a camera, how to get your points across, all that sort of thing. So it was that, that, that was really just the, the goal was just one post per day and it's just, you get better and better and better at it. So. Was that through speaking to your friend as well as like researching or doing courses? Obviously, the repetition, you got better at it through trial it's, and error. But Yeah, I think it's very much, it's been through trial and error. Um, so I, I, except for doing my set three and four, that's really the only sort of official course that I've done to sort of be learning bits and pieces in the gym. But with social media stuff, it's such like a, um, you can really just, let your creative mind just really run wild. And there's so many different directions that you can take it, which is the beauty of it. But yeah, it was really very much just trial and error and just seeing, oh, try this video, try, you know, try some more info stuff, try some funny stuff, try some um, gym stuff. It was just sort of just chucking stuff out there and just sort of see what worked. And then again, once you're doing that every day, you work out what people like, what people don't like, what they engage with, what they don't. And you begin to find your little style and your rhythm. And then from there, it's obviously much easier to create content to get your message out all that sort of thing so yeah very much just trial and error awesome mate uh, it's good that's mm. inspiring for those because it's quite an important aspect now i mean we've always been diverse personal trainers strength and conditioning coaches in skill sets quite generalist yeah in what we do but now when you put the marketing business management um banner into it as well it, it's even getting wider and wider the skills that that you need the modern day uh, trainer coach do you have a schedule that you know over your week or like you mentioned, is it purely just going with the flow, the creative juices and just get into the zone maybe after a session where you feel your best and, you, and then you start posting? Like, 
how yeah, organized it's, is it? Yeah, it's it, honestly, it really, it really depends. Um, so still the goal is I need to get two brand new videos done for the week and I do them at some point. So, you know, some days you definitely feel more creative than other days, but then other days you might bang out two or three videos and you've got them sort of stockpiled. So at, at the moment for me, it's two brand new videos per week and then sort of posting on TikTok each day as well. So, but it definitely does get sort of draining coming up with all those different ideas and, and, you know, putting all that content together and sort of trying to be on all the time. So you definitely do need a bit of a spell from it at some point. Um, And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't flow every single day, but when the ideas come, you go, great, and you just run with it. So yeah, it is very much on the fly. But I think the other thing that uh, particularly with my socials as well, it all revolves around sort of my personality and me and my sense of humor and how I get it out. So um, it's very much just being honest. If I'm feeling a bit flat that day, that's fine. You can, you can always do a video about, oh, I'm feeling a bit flat and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then when you're feeling really on and really you know, up and about or you think of something funny, you just go with that. So I think that's sort of the beauty that I've got with, with mine is that it does just very much just revolve around whatever I come up with or whatever I think on the day. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which it not only is that, authentic for your audience but also imagine it's sustainable for yourself because you're not yeah. trying to be something you're not exactly right yeah it's very much just um yeah like i said if you wake up and you feel like if you, if you find something funny bang do that if you find something that you want to you know make a point of go do that so um yeah it's a, it's a very nice little style and um uh, you know very very lucky that it's sort of or not lucky it's sort of it's happened because i've put steps in place and because i was posting per day and working out what my style was and um, knowing my audience and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, it's good. I love it. I love it. And we'll get back to business growth in a second. But while we're on the marketing sort of aspect, um, is you know, Love Island, collaborating with friends, these sort of things, is how, how important is it to build a brand? It uh, doesn't necessarily have to be a celebrity, but to build that presence if you want an online business, do you think? Yeah, well, I think, I think that you don't, don't necessarily need to go do something real big like go on Love Island or anything like that to get a bit of an audience behind you. Like you said, get a bit more of a presence. It's, it's just working out your style. There's so many different ways that you can take it and it just purely comes down to working out what your audience likes as well. So I don't really think yeah, you don't have to do anything ma- massive or drastic. It's just about doing the little 1% every day of whatever it is to then work out what your audience likes, what they respond to, what you're good at as well. So yeah, I don't really think you need to have to do something massive. And then you mentioned Instagram was where you started and that's obviously worked well for you. Is that the only one that you're on or focus on a few others as well? Yeah, I've just recently, probably just the last six months, just started doing a bit more TikTok stuff as well, but it's pretty much, it, it is a little bit different in sort of the content that you want to post. Uh, TikTok's a little bit more sort of raw and you can just sort of slap a few things together and chuck it up and it's more about volume on TikTok rather than Insta is a little bit more about the... Cr- Bit more about the quality of the content that you're putting up yeah TikTok, you can throw it's it's bizarre you can throw some stuff up on there and all of a sudden it goes ballistic but then ones that you put a lot of work in do absolutely nothing but go really well on insta so um it's sort of good having a couple couple of different platforms as well just so you can you can try out you know different styles of videos but you also get different responses from both as well so it's nice just not having the the focus just on one platform that you can it's a little bit more diverse and um yeah you can trial all sorts of different stuff on both yeah yeah and for the most part yeah so six months you've, you've added in tiktok which makes a lot of sense because there's huge growth in with tiktok of course 
Yeah. Um, but before, before then, you you were on one. There would have been, I imagine, attraction to try other things like Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube Shorts and all these other ones. Yeah. Why have you stuck fat at one? I think I just sort of knew what I was really good at, and that was the Instagram content. So it's just, I think you know, oh, you know, you should work on your on your weaknesses. But a lot of the time, if you can make your your strength really, really good, you know, that's just as good as sort of being a little bit alright at all the different things. So. I just knew I was particularly good and I knew I knew how to engage with my Insta audience, how to grow that, how to make videos, how to make content all that, and get a result out of that. So there wasn't too much point of needing to divert, diversify too much and sort of take the foot off the pedal of how well the Insta stuff was going purely just to try the other ones out. But it sort of got to a point where I was like, all right, well, I think I can sort of do similar content, but make it a little bit different for TikTok. And that's when it worked out. And then that's all gone quite well. So um, yeah, I think it's also, like I said, if you've got a strength, hammer the strength. You don't necessarily have to, you know, diversify it too much. If you're really good at one thing, go and go and hit that hard and make sure, um, you're doing it the best you possibly can. Mm. Yeah. Love that. That's a great message, mate. And, and on that, like niche and, and audience, like you said, your Instagram audience was strong. So you kept pouring energy into that and it kept giving back and you're doing a good job. Of it, so it makes sense that, you, you know, success leaves clues, just keep you know, you want to change a good thing when, when you're on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. For someone, for someone that's trying to work that out, what is their audience? What is their niche? Their personal trainer, like you said, it's very competitive. You can get pulled in all different, right, different directions, but you need to find your strength and what you're good at and, and what's authentic to you. How did you sort of come to that? Did, was it just through trial now, like you mentioned with the learning marketing skill, or did you know this is me through training clients? I'm starting to attract the same clients now. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's definitely a, definitely a bit of both. Um, so I think that the, the only rule, I think for any PT out there that's wanting to grow a brand or a business or anything like that, what you've got to understand is the bit, the only real difference between me and lots of other people that have got their cert three and four, every second person has done their, you know, cert three and four is that you're you and how you deliver the message. So it's uh, again, finding your style and finding out how you like to train people, how people respond to you, all that sort of thing. And obviously the more sessions that you do, the more posts that you do, the more people that you speak to, the more experiences that you have in that industry and helping out people and achieving their goals, you become better at it. So it is very much just experience-based, everything that I've you know, achieved so far. It's just through trial and error and trying different things and working out my style. And then uh, once you've worked that out, just hammer it hard. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Thank, thank you for sharing. And on the uh, challenges, I imagine you would have had a few um, or you probably still do, like all, all growing businesses will have challenges. Early days or currently up until your career at this point, um, what has been your biggest challenge and to learn from it? How did you grow from it? I think, there's, I think there's literally every little stage that my business has gone through, there's been so many challenges. So, but I think probably the, the biggest one, and you probably found this as well, um, and lots of other PTs and um, people in the fitness industry through COVID. I mean, that was just such a, such a wild thing to say, hey, you can't do no gyms, no, you know, you can't be training people, you can't be in contact with people, but you still need to make an income. You still need to try to keep your clients fit. You're still wanting to achieve things yourself. So I guess the, um, that period of having to adapt to that sort of 12 months or 18 months of, of that real heavy COVID stuff, that was probably the hardest. But uh, from that, personally, that's when I really started the it was actually just perfect timing. I already was building my online platform and actually pretty much was all finished about a month or two months after all the COVID stuff happened. So it was just this perfect timing of it was already there to go. Yeah, even with that, I still had to adapt 
lots of different things about the business and how to you know get get new clients in how to keep the clients i've got how to keep people motivated how to still you know still get the results for everybody that's coming on in um but on a different platform and and in a way that i definitely wasn't used to doing so um but that that would probably be the big one, biggest one i'm probably sh- sure that that was the same with you as well you know with everything just trying to adapt around that but yeah i'd, I'd probably say covid stuff for sure yep yeah yeah absolutely mate it's uh, it threw a span of the work um yeah. that's for sure and you had to you had to think quick, and, and mm. clearly clearly you did. You, so you had some things in the in the making, and then it sounded like this. You were gifted some time with with COVID, um, which you, you capitalised on. At that point, take us through sort of your, your numbers in terms of what was what's your ratio now with online to face to face of of clients, not financial, but just you know how yeah. many clients you have online, and so and to- also. Following as well, so you've got eighty grand, eighty thousand followers at the moment. What what were you reckon before pandemic? You're at it's about it's about sixty five ish uh, around there uh, for uh, followers on Insta and then TikTok. I had a, I had none, and there's about I don't know thirty five thousand on there now. It's just been a nice little build over the last six months or so. But uh, in terms of like the challenges when they first started, I think my first online one I had. 20, 25 participants in the first eight-week challenge, six-week challenge that I was doing uh, at that time, sort of a year and a half ago. And then my most recent January one, I've had 150 just online. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And then obviously I've got that plus the, um, the actual group training side that I'm doing as well. So it's gone really nicely. I think obviously the, it's, and it's just the same as the experience that that first challenge, that was my first time I was trying to deliver a program online to engage with everybody to try to get the results and sort of, you know, give the same experience as coming in and training with me. But, you know, through the website, obviously it takes a lot of tinkering. It takes a lot of, uh, it take, I'm just more experienced at doing it now. I'm better at delivering the message, better at sort of, um, uh, you know, getting the most out of people even if I'm not physically there with them. So yeah, I think it also, same with everything, it is just experience. And the more that you do it, the better, you, the better you're going to get with it. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, have you sort of modeled yourself or have you been mentored by anyone that's sort of doing what you're doing that you work towards or who have helped yeah. you in the way, I guess? There's, uh, well, like I said, Luke, for that, uh, my um, cousin's fiance that sort of helped us really start it up with the social media stuff. He was a big influence early on, still is. And if I've ever got sort of... Um, ideas to bounce off always go to him and he sort of gives me some pretty good direction as to um how to do bits and pieces but in terms of like uh like in the actual health and fitness game i, I really like james james smith pt he's uh he's a yeah big sort of i guess role model of mine i really like a lot of his content how he delivers it and uh yeah i think that would be really the the benchmark of somewhere that i'd like to be able to get up to uh, someday and hopefully build build towards to um yeah i really like his stuff yep yeah, awesome, mate. And and for those listening in that maybe have a family member that is interested in training with you or they want to train with you themselves, you mentioned an eight-week training program. What does that entail? Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's online or group uh, training available for that. So uh, for the online, is getting at least four workouts done per week. Uh, and there's an option to either uh, – there's like live videos of me doing the workout with you and you can follow along with that. Or if you'd like to just go off the program, you can do that as well. And, you know, there's all sorts of instructional videos to show you how to do all the exercises and take you through all those steps sort of, um, you know, really slowly and, and making sure you do everything, doing everything right. And then with that, it also gives you full access to all my uh, meal planning side of stuff as well. So how I do the meal planning um, and sort of diet aspect of it is uh, I'll give you a calorie target and a protein target. And then there's 60 plus recipes on the site that you can choose 
pretty similar to using like my fitness power. You can choose whatever you like to fit in with those targets. So it's not only it's not only just coming in and me telling you what to do. You're actually going away with the knowledge to then be able to apply it. You know, after the eight weeks, there's not much point of coming in and, and me being with you every step of the way and telling you this is exactly how you do it. If you're not necessarily learning the skill of how to count calories, how to work out how much proteins in your food, how to program, um, you know, a uh, exercises and a program yourself i want you to be able to go away from the from the eight weeks of training and be set up with every all the tools that you need to you know excel with uh with every aspect of your health and fitness so yeah awesome mate yeah so you're looking after them it's not like that yo-yo effect where they drop all that weight which can happen in the industry and then you put well, it exactly right plus more. exactly right if you're if you're coming in and doing it, i want you walking away going i've learned something not just i've done it you know mm. yeah yeah that's great philosophy We're just going to take a short break with Jared Majda to intro Harry Simington, episode 18 on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Here's a short snippet from that episode. Is that where the the aqua bag comes in to get get that stimulus and keep the the athletes engaged and and challenge them from a stability point of view? Is that what you're trying to work at there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's it's not just putting them on and doing it for the sake of using it. It's, It's more so... You can let's say you you do a hundred meter sprint with the aqua bag. It, it's it's sloshing around, so that every step you take is different to the next step, and then the next hundred meter run you do is going to be slightly different. So it's contextual variability. You might be running the same distance at the same pace, but you're using a different you're using different muscles to do it every time because the 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 chaos forces that let's say. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's sort of it's a way of um, a really easy way thanks to thanks to the products to introduce a really chaotic environment a really unstable environment and if the task is clear that's really important knowledge of result if the task is clear and you know your end point then we can put the athlete in let's say a really chaotic environment and how they cope with that environment or the the self-organization the um, the movement that they produce is under pressure every time a highly engaging episode and if you enjoyed that snippet make sure to scroll up to the episode 18 to hear the rest of harry simington's episode on the prepare like a pro podcast now back to jared majda enjoy with that 125 to 150 so that they can interact it almost builds a bit of a community if they come into these live sessions i imagine there's yeah, definitely. So, uh, well, I chat to uh, the online clients every second day. So, I'll have a check-in uh, with them go, hey, mate, how are you going? You know, how'd your workout go? Let me know how this, you know, section of the, of the workout went. How'd your meals go? All that sort of thing. So, we're in constant contact the whole time. So, it's very much I am with you and sort of just checking in and keeping uh, accountability uh, all throughout the eight weeks. But it's more passing on the knowledge as well so they, so they do know exactly what to do once they finish that program. Yeah. Yep. And then the, the AFL players that have started to come with you during the off-season, um, how did that come about? Was that also organic? Did that come about something that you're interested in, athlete development with footballers and that's, that sort of thing? Yeah. So, well, well actually, it's, it's just started from my first sort of AFL player, like current AFL player that was playing at the time was Brandon Matera. So I, I knew Brandon from school. I said, hey, mate, it was the off-season. Hey, mate, come on down if you want to do some sessions. He went, yeah, great. And then he came down and then Sean was his housemate at the time. So then after Brandon started looking all right, was looking pretty fit running around, Sean thought, oh, yeah, I'll come down and do that. And Sean did it. And then once Sean did it, lots more of the Frio guys did it. And then when that happened, then there was more guys. It was just sort of word of mouth and it's just sort of grown from there. So, but yeah, I think they're very much all the success that I've had with all the football 
Bellas has just been from from their performances going from you know going from here to even better you know performing really well whilst they're playing or training so yeah very much just word of mouth and and as soon as there was that sort of that chat and that sort of you know word out there about it more and more came and it's been a really big off season this one just gone so yeah love it yeah that's awesome mate so that's something you'll look to continue to do as part of your business model like you mentioned yeah. off air you're opening up a space take us through uh, the facility. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. So uh, I've just been doing out of my buddy, mum and dad's uh, garage right now. I call it a studio, but it's a a nicely decked out garage, but it's a double garage. It's all got all my bits and pieces in there, but uh, the space has just got a little bit too uh, small for uh, what I need to cater for, for uh, everybody coming on in. So just looking at a couple of units in Canningvale, still where I am in Perth, uh, which will be exciting. So hopefully have that done in the next sort of four to eight weeks and um, and get that cranking, which would be really good. A bit, a little bit scary, but, you know, definitely the, the next step in the journey, which would be good. So, um, but it'll be same sort of setup. It'll be, you know, very much sort of functional movement, strength and conditioning moves, accommodation of weighted stuff, resistance, uh, you know, programming, and then also cardio and jumping around in bits and pieces and keeping your fit. So, good. It's going to be great. Can't wait. So, it's a big step. It's going to be a good one, I reckon. Have to have yeah, it in for exciting, a session. Man. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. If I'm allowed to come over to Perth. I know. I know. We're sneaky in some way. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no doubt, mate. It'll be exciting. Good thing to do. But it'll be for the AFL boys that integrate into your group. How does that model work? Like, is that they uh, literally training with, like, you know, average Joe Blow, or is it separate classes for those AFL boys that are training with Fremantle guys, but there might be a West Coast player as well, or do you just yeah. have more individual sessions? It's um, Yeah, it's a combination of individual, and then some of them will group up together as well, but they're always training with other AFL guys or other footy guys. So I had, uh, there was one, it was a good fun mixed group. I had Jack Carroll, um, I had... Who's was uh, Denver, Denver Granger, Jake Bassini, um, and a couple of the Freo guys as well. Heath Chapman was in there. So, like, that was sort of like a bit of a mixed group, and they've known each other from playing sort of, you know, under 16, 17s or 18s, state-level stuff. So that was good fun. So it was quite funny having everybody from a different team all training together and really getting around each other. And um, so that was really good. And then other groups that I've got, I've got bigger groups of Fremantle guys that come together that I also had through Melbourne. I had their uh, guys that they just drafted. This year, along with Luke, they were all training together. So, yeah, sort of a couple of combinations of a few different groups. And then otherwise, I, I do individual, individual training with them as well. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's awesome, mate. It's a good, good asset for, for those boys to be able to, you know, get a different environment, imagine different stimulus. And, and like you said, diff, you know, just to get that extra bit of competitive edge. Um, yeah. Well, it's, um, I think it's, uh, as you know, as well, the only time that you can really change your body composition is in the off season because you're doing so much stuff during the year and the, and the goal is always to perform on the, on the Saturday or the Sunday. So if you're really wanting to change sort of, you know, your body up, it can be done in the off season, but that's only the real time that you've really got to, you know, hammer that really hard or you can really just, you know, zero in on that. And then the other, the other part of it that comes with not just changing your body composition and looking good, it's also the mental aspect of it because if you go, gee, I'm looking, I'm looking good, I'm feeling great, you take that onto the field and you take that into training and you can just see you know, how, how much better they perform just from having that, uh, that mental confidence of I've done everything I, I can in the off-season, look how good I'm looking, look how good I'm feeling and they take that on and into their games and back to the clubs as they get training again. So, Yeah, nice, mate. And you mentioned... The, uh, the angst that comes with opening up a new space, of course, which uh, I imagine any gym owner would, would be facing with, with a new venture. 
Uh, is that was that always a dream on the horizon for you, or is it just something that's sort of come on now that, uh, that yeah, the business is flourishing and, and your need, business needs it? Yeah, well, I always uh, always really just wanted to take everything more online, and I was very adamant the last couple of years going, no, nah, don't want a gym, don't want a gym, happy doing it here and just focus on online sort of side of stuff and grow that even more so. But um, it's just got a little bit too big to cater with sort of the demand that I've got of people wanting to come and train. And uh, I think with also a little COVID stuff happening, there's a, I don't exactly want 30 people coming around to my house every day. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, you know, I'd, yeah, I'd much rather enough. have a space. And I think mum and dad have absolutely had it with all the noise that goes on there in the garage. And I'm very, very lucky that all the neighbours around here have all been pretty cool about it as well. So um, and I'm waiting just for a knock on the door from the council going, that's it, get out of here. So it's just, it's just yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, you've outgrown it. That's very, oh, very outgrown it. exactly right. So no, it should be good. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. No, awesome, mate. That, yeah, super exciting. And no doubt I'll, I'll 100% when I'm, when I'm allowed in. Uh, Keen. The border, I'll, we'll get I'll you down. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll move into the, the personal side, mate. This is a bit of fun, the light side of the podcast. Uh, first yep. one off. Off to make is which movie or TV series has impacted you the most, and why? All right, well, um, all right, we'll go movie and well, movie Finding Nemo. Love that movie, right? So I'm into the sort of my one of my little weird. Uh, I've got lots of different hobbies that I'm into. I'm into footy cards. I'm into collecting all sorts of different things. But uh, I'm into aquariums. That's what I did before P2 was was build aquariums. That's what I did for work. So uh, I've got uh, I've got a pretty cool. Marine tank setup. It's got saltwater fish in there and a great corals and all that sort of thing. So I uh, finding Nemo kicked that all off in what was that 2003, and then after that I got my first fish tank, and that's sort of uh, what took that sort of interest and hobby for me off a little bit. So that was the movie. But then TV show, you're trying to bait me here, but uh, yeah, Love Island for sure. So uh, you know that was uh, yeah a very interesting experience. Uh, don't re- don't regret doing it, but would never ever ever do it again. But um, yeah, so that would that would be the yeah. two I reckon. Yeah, awesome, mate. Well, um, I've, I'm naive. I've never watched the show or don't really That's know right. about it. Nor, nor have but, I, uh, and I don't think you're missing out on anything, trust me. <laughs> uh, J- J- Jacko did mention, make sure you ask him a few zingers about Love Island. So what, 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 you mentioned that the, you wouldn't do it again, but you don't regret it. So there was some perks, I imagine, with brand development and building the, the, yeah, your brand. There's some perks there. Or, and, and feel free to add in more if there was. So I imagine from personal yeah. growth, just get, getting out of your comfort zone, those sort of things. What about the, yeah. what, what are the areas that you didn't like? So tell us the pros and cons of going on a show like that. Yeah, so I guess obviously the, the uh, I didn't really know what to expect from it. And I had watched the previous, se- the previous season tomorrow and I go, oh yeah, it looks, you know, pretty fun. Um, and it was just sort of idea, oh yeah, you know, maybe you should jump on a show. You know, that would obviously be good for, for Insta and, and the business and you know, so see all sort of how that aspect and just be a cool experience as well. Went all right. So we just sort of went and did the, did the process of it and went on through and, and got on in. And it was nothing what I thought it was going to be like at all. It's uh, you're sleep deprived. You're, um, you know, you're having these awkward, awkward conversations with people all day, every day. You're living in a full fish bubble environment where you've got no news, you've got no stimulant, you've got no phones, you've got no contact with, you know, your friends, your family, the outside world. The only thing you know is everybody that's inside this house and all you're doing is talking about your feelings and what you're feeling now and this and that and, and, and everything except for what's going on in the house you have, you just cannot think about. So um, it was a very intense uh, environment. It was very, uh, very emotional and your emotions, they're just times by a hundred. So if you're happy, you are the happiest you've ever been. If you're sad, you're so sad. If you think you're in, you know, 
you're, you're sort of starting to get on with a girl. You think you're absolutely in love with them within, you know, two minutes and, and everybody watching that on TV goes, oh, how could, you know, how could you possibly be feeling that? Or why are you so upset? Or why are you so happy about that? It's just the intensity of the whole environment. You don't even understand until you're in there. Um, and a yeah. day feels, I'm not even exaggerating this, a day feels like seven days. So yeah, uh, it's right. just the longest, longest day. And you don't have, a, you don't have a, uh, um, uh, the time either. So you've got no concept of the time. You, they tell you when to get up. They tell you when to go to sleep. They don't turn the lights off until a certain time. You've got no sort of idea about what's going on. But, um, yeah, the, the days just feel so, so long. And then, yeah, you come off and, and people are like, oh, I can't believe you're doing this or feeling that. Are you crying about this or whatever? Um, but you just don't understand it to you in there because that is your life. Like, it's so intense. So, um, yeah, like I said, don't regret doing it because there's lots of, you know, good perks that have sort of come from that, um, but would never, ever, ever do it again, nor really recommend it to any of my friends to do. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. It doesn't sound very appealing. <laughs> nah, no, nah, it was it was it was shit. It was just hard work. It was just hard work. Yeah. Yeah. How long did it go for? I think I was there for like 40 days or 42 days or something like that. And that whole time you don't have contact with your family or friends. So that's the that's the bit that I found the hardest because I'm very I'm very tight with my mum and dad, my friends, my um, you know, my sister, everything. So very um it's a very weird thing i don't think there'd be any other um you know time in my life where i'm going to be 30 or 40 days without speaking to them ever you know what i mean and completely shut off and not being able to call them up and if i'm sad or if i'm happy tell them about it so that was probably the hardest thing and and everybody else in there you've only known for you only know them because you're inside the the villa the house together um, so it's, it's just, it's just such a weird artificial fishbowl environment and you just don't have that sort of same support as what you do at home. Um, so yeah, you definitely don't take that for granted as soon as you come home as to how, how good that, you know, you've got everything and how, um, how important everybody else, not, not just yourself is in your life to making you feel happy, I guess. So yeah. 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 And the, on the perk side, um, how many followers did you have going in and how many followers did you have, I guess, a month after it? Yeah, I had um, just over 10,000 when I went in and then I came out with about, it was, it was about 50-ish, it was around about 50 and then, you know, depending on every now and then, it's funny, you'll get like a little bit of a spike of, you know, 500,000 followers from a random place around the world. It might be from like, you know, um, Sweden because they've started showing our season of oh, Love right. on, on Netflix in Sweden and then all of a sudden you're still getting messages a year and a half later about oh my gosh you know loved you on Love Island so it's just it's funny you get these little random little patches all around the world every now and then so um yeah yeah but so no like I said don't regret doing it but would never ever ever do it again so <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough uh next question favorite inspirational quote or life motto I don't really have a quote, but I guess like sort of what I was saying before is that there's not really, this is what I say to, you know, a lot of my clients and, and sort of, you know, one of the things I sort of preach about on Graham as well. There's not a lot of difference between today and tomorrow in terms of you, you're going to wake up tomorrow pretty much feeling pretty similar to what you do today. But as long as you're doing just all those little bits that you know you need to do to not tomorrow, not the next day, but maybe a month down the track, two months, a year, whatever. As long as you're doing all those little 1% bits every day, you're on the right track. 
So it's not really about making these big, giant, life-changing, you know, decisions or, or behaviors overnight. It's just about working out what you can do a tiny little bit each day that you don't even realize that you're doing that in six months, 12 months time has made a big, significant difference. Um, and I'm sure you found that as well. Uh, you know, if you're preaching to athletes, the clients, the sort of people wanting to start businesses, all that sort of thing, it's not, not the big changes that make the you know, that make the big change and make the success. It's all those little bits that you're doing every single day that you don't even notice and you look back and you go, oh, wow, look where I am now sort of thing. So um, I think that would be the, the, the motto that I preach about the most, I would say. Yep, the 1% is love it. And yeah. what about in your, in your work life? What, what makes you angry? What are your pet peeves? Oh, fuck, social media stuff is just an absolute pain. Like it's just... Uh, at the moment, there's this real kind of, um, you know, it's like full cancel co- culture. You can't have any fun with it. Someone's always going to be offended about something that you do on and sort of, you know, the, um, the, the sense of humor and the videos and that sort of thing that I do as well. It is very much just taking the, and it's taking the piss out of myself. It's not, it's not directed at anyone, uh, but there's always someone that's unhappy with it and someone that wants to have a crack at you for this and that. And it does get very draining. Um, uh, as well sort of, uh, and obviously as you get a bigger following and there's, and there's more people watching your stuff, you're bound to upset more people or people aren't are going to agree with you or feel very passionately about, you know, something completely opposite to what you said. So I think it's sort of, yeah, needing to build that little bit of a thicker skin when it comes to social media stuff. But, um, yeah, honestly, it's just, uh, it is a bit of a pain and, and it sort of gives, uh, the, the beauty of it is that it does give everyone a voice and, and an opinion, but the, the downside of it, it also gives some everybody a voice and opinion about stuff that maybe they shouldn't have or they don't know enough about or they don't have the right info about. So, uh, yeah, yeah, social media, it's, it's great, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, sure you yeah, find how, it as well. How, how, do you, how do you manage it? Like, is it something that you just try and, if it's not relevant and you know that you haven't offended anyone, like you said, do, do you just mm. brush it under the under the rug and move on or is there a routine that you do at the end of the week like is it a, a, a mindfulness sort of practice or anything like that that you think's helpful yeah as of as of recent i've just started i just needed i've turned all my notifications off for all my socials now so i've done that probably for the last six months or so because otherwise you're constantly and i'm sure you're finding it as well constantly looking there's a message that comes through someone comments on this whatever so you're always kind of looking so it was always just very much a big distraction and that was sort of what was on my mind a lot of the time. So turning that off. So at least that I have to go on to, onto my phone to have a look at what's going on. That was probably halving my time that I was on, on it anyway. So that was a very good move. And then the other, the other thing I've just started doing as of recently is sort of just taking a few days every now and then just to go, no, nah, not going to do anything at all. Um, and um, I think it's sort of at the uh, obviously early stages, if I was sort of taking a day off, I'd be going, oh, you know, I'm, I'm missing out on that one post a day that I was having to do. But now that's sort of rolling and it's out there and, the, and it's all uh, much easier and, and the, the following's there and all that sort of thing, it doesn't really matter. You can have a day off, you can have a week off, you can have whatever time you're off just to sort of mentally recharge. In that time, I'm often still doing, making content. So when I'm back, it's all ready to go, but um, actually just taking some time off and not sort of worrying about um what's going on too much yeah seeing jeremy sharp yeah. just uh checking in there <laughs> he's a yeah. lord yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a weapon yeah. i love jez hey <laughs> yeah and there was i think you were getting some some love from gary gus i've dropped 30 kilos i'm back from my army discharge weight before my injuries my excellent i love that beautiful uh what, what's your on that note what is your favorite way to spend your day off 
So I've got, uh, I've, I've taken Fridays off permanently now, which is great. So on a Friday, I'll play squash with a couple of my mates. That's been, that's been pretty good. Uh, and then I go get a massage and then I go do a cryotherapy session. And then I do uh, sometimes a sauna and then I'll go to a, I usually go to a fish shop and buy something for me tank. And then, and that's my day pretty much. So uh, that's, uh, that's just about every Friday for me, which is a pretty good routine. So yeah, quite like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And then what about in a COVID-free world? Favorite holiday destination? Why? Yeah, I absolutely love Europe. Hey, so I've done a, I've done two Europe trips, um, and just I was so lucky I got the last one in just before uh, all COVID hit. Uh, but I absolutely love it over there. Hey, go party over there, see everything that's over there, and yeah, it's pretty awesome. Itching to get back uh, as soon as everything's all good to go. But I usually sort of skip the because the the least busy period for me is sort of during winter. Uh, everyone you know gets a little bit cold, and nobody exactly wants to have a you know, a, sh- a shredded six pack and looking their best in winter with all your clothes on. So it's usually a little bit more quiet for me. So I try to nick off somewhere for six to eight weeks and um, enjoy that sort of chilled out time and then come back and, and, and chase the sun a little bit. So I haven't got to do that in the last couple of years. So hopefully get back into that routine a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're not alone mm-hmm. there. Everyone want- <laughs> Everyone's feeling pretty pent up and keen to get yeah. out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and with, I can imagine what your answer is going to be here, but for our final question, what are you most excited about for 2022? What's on the horizon for you? Getting this bloody gym going, getting the gym going. <laughs> we want, I want franchises. I want one in Melbourne. I want one north of the river in Perth. I want one in Sydney. We're going to get it, we're going to get it cranking. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should be awesome. good. Should be good. We'll start, we'll start with the first one this year and then we'll see how we go, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So expansions on the cards. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think sort of the, the, how I'm going to set it up uh, is very much linked in with uh, the online platform and the gym sessions all, all in one. So you're sort of able to see what's going on in the gym and you can go do that yourself wherever you are in Australia or the world. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully, um, again, how it's being set up, that it will be an easy plug-in to franchise it out or have different multiple locations for it. So very exciting times, a bit scary, but uh, yeah, I think I just, it's good. It's, it'll work. It'll be good. It'll be great. Absolutely, mate. You've got heaps of momentum behind you and, and it's, it's ready. So no doubt it'll big things ahead. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much for, for jumping on and sharing your time with us and your journey no throughout the industry so far and um, plenty more years ahead, of course, in your career and looking forward to watching your journey and popping over and checking out this new gym, mate. So thanks Absolutely. again for jumping on. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Love your stuff. Thank you. And thank you for everyone tuning in, either YouTube or the Instagrammers. Uh, if you want to watch this or listen to this recording, it will be on our YouTube channel if you've jumped on late, as well as the audio podcast will be in the next couple of weeks. We'll post on our Instagram when the release is, is out. So stay tuned. We're on all your podcast directories. Our next live chat is with Robert Augie, who's a professor and sports scientist at Victoria University. That'll be 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time this Thursday. See you, guys. Thanks, guys. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian from Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is... Um... It'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me.
fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, yeah, game changes, whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah, yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with Academy member Rama Davies, the friendly conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat, um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did uh, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah it certainly yeah has been massive for me now, and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what I'm grateful for sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, might be whatever as an SNC coach, you know, if something's if you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that, in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's, that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and, um, if I kind of didn't have that fear of, you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker, um, and yeah. and yeah, like just yeah, being open to sort of different things because um, you never know what you might find. It's just yeah, there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch, 
to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at Thanks so much for tuning in.